This is Impressionist Jim Meskimen, and you're listening to Reliving My Youth with uh, Noel Fogelman. And I'm going to give you three Georges real quick uh, saying uh, what they're going to say. First of all, George W. Bush going to say uh, thanks for, for listening <laughs> to the podcast. And then George Clooney. And uh, I'm recuperating from a scooter accident, but uh, I'm listening to the show. And then my third George is George Washington. We've all got places to go. We've all got places to go. And welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noah Fulton. As you can tell, I have a little bit of a cold, but the show must go on. My guest today is actor, impressionist, comedian, voiceover actor, Jim Meskimen. Now, recently I had Jim's mom, Marion Ross, on, who played Mrs. C on Happy Days, and I was super excited to get Jim on. You've known Jim from roles in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Apollo 13, he did a guest starring spot on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, actually multiple episodes, two different characters. Recently, you've seen him in the Geico commercial playing George Washington. Super talented guy. His impressions are spot on. They're very, very funny. You can check them out on his YouTube channel, Jim Meskimen. Uh, his website, jimmeskimen.com, has all the great stuff. He's also done stuff with Jib Jab. Very talented guy. I was super excited to talk to him. And here's my conversation with Jim. <laughs> And helping me relive my youth today is Jim Meskimen. Jim, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, Noel. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, big fan of your work. Thank you. You've done it all, improv, impressions, acting. Um, so what, what are you working on now besides a fantastic Geico commercial? Oh, thanks. Uh, well, I'm, I'm working on uh, developing a screenplay uh, right now uh, that would star me. It's a kind of a thriller about surprise and impressionist. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, working on that for uh, hopefully to be filmed later this year. I'm working with a terrific young screenwriter, director named Adam Siegel. For my job job, I, I'm I'm still doing the voice of uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders for KFC. And if you've listened to radio commercials where they say, uh, finger looking good, uh, more uh, nine times out of ten, or maybe nine times out of eleven, it's me. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because on your uh, YouTube channel, Jim Meskimen, you, you know, you, you, I've, I've seen a video where you went to a KFC uh, drive-thru in your in your town, and you did the voice of Colonel Sanders. And when you pull up to the window, it seemed like the the employee had really had no idea who that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I don't think I, apparently the Colonel Harlan Sanders signature voice doesn't stick in people's minds as much as it does in mine. But uh, I grew up listening and seeing him on TV. He was still alive and doing his own commercials and so forth. And uh, that's why when um, the Wyden and Kennedy, the advertising agency, was looking for a Colonel Sanders. I was like, oh, man, I, I, I've got this in my head. I, I know I can do this. And uh, I lobbied and, and got the job. So for the last couple of years, I've been doing it for radio and some TV stuff. So it's, it's fun. Yeah, now, like, the TV TV ads have been kind of big now, and they've done all different comedians. Even Reba McIntyre ha had a chance on. Which one of yeah. your favorite, like, actors slash actresses is your favorite? Oh, of the of the colonel of the colonels. Well, I got to say that I think that George Hamilton, crispy colonel, is yeah. a stroke of genius. And he was recently on General Hospital. Yes, he was. Uh, they, yeah. they somehow got him on soap opera, which is really interesting cross marketing. I, the guys at Wyden and Kennedy are really, really brilliant and really random. 
and really outside the box. They've had me do a lot of really weird things like an AR game and a, um, a virtual reality kind of thing. And then also I did a, a really funny project, which was a GPS cassette that uh, they gave these cassette tapes to a bunch of influencers. And it was supposed to be like a, a GPS that would guide them on a tour of significant places in the Kentucky Fried Chicken universe, <laughs> like uh, Colonel Sanders' first you know, store and other things. And I would uh, direct them and say, now, here you're going to go about a quarter mile and take the uh, uh, Highway 80 turnoff. And then you're going to proceed. You know, so it was like a GPS, only it was in a cassette form. And then to kill time along the way, I sang patriotic songs <laughs> as Colonel Sanders. So, and other tunes. It was really bizarre, but it was super fun to do. Yeah, I, I bet. Now, are those uh, those guys like the brains behind the Geico uh, campaign as well? No, that's a different agency. Okay. That's a different agency. Uh, um, it's skipping my mind at the moment. But, um, yeah, Wyden and Kennedy's in Oregon. They do KFC, Geico, totally different bunch of people. And I also do a commercials for uh, – now I'm doing some radio spots for a different insurance company for Progressive Insurance. We just won an award for a campaign I did uh, called uh, Advice from Dad or Ads for Ads from Dad. That was it. And it was like a, a, a – there's a current trend of making fun of dads. Right. Uh, you know, being you know not too funny and not too hip, which is definitely true in my case. And uh, this was I, – I, Im, I imitated a guy – who had never done a radio commercial before and was doing a radio campaign. So he'd go, you know, get too close to the mic and go off the mic and talk like this and bang things around and shuffle the papers and comment on the copy and read it badly. And I found it, unfortunately, you know, kind of spookily easy to do. Right. <laughs> I bet. Now all you but have we, won a, uh, we won an award, so that validates the whole thing. Oh, that's great. Now all you have to do is State Farm and you'll cover all the insurances. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I could just be in the insurance business. Yeah, exactly. Now, um, going a little way back now, uh, your mom, Marion Ross, Happy Days and Brooklyn Bridge and everything else she's done. Did you want yeah. to kind of follow into her footsteps in show business? And like, how young were you when you kind of decided that? Well, it took me a long time. I, she had decided early on, and when she was about 15, she had her life mapped out, you know. Uh, I was not that way. I, I first thought that I would be a cartoonist. I sort of taught myself to be a cartoonist because I just drew incessantly and I read Mad Magazine. And I admired uh, the caricaturist Al Hirschfeld. So that was my path for a long time. And um, and it wasn't until I was in my 20s that I that I realized that I, that I wanted to do something a little more social and with people. <laughs> and I w moved to New York and uh, studied improv while I was working as an illustrator and a designer of uh, cartoon characters. I was studying improv and learning how to be in front of an audience and uh, trying a little bit of everything. And that's, that's I, I thought was, well, it was more profitable and more easy to make a living at it, actually. And... Uh, and it was more social and fun, and I met a lot of people, and that's. And then, then later on, I realized, hey, I do a lot of impressions, and that seems to be something that people like. So, the last ten years or so, I've sort of hunkered down, kind of late in the game. I think if I'd started out as an impressionist earlier and really focused on it, who knows? I, I don't, you know, I might be in a better position, but 
Um, I didn't, I don't know. I, these things don't hit me right away. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, the first time I saw you, you, you actually did two guest spots on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but the, the first one you played a professor and you, you actually did some impression impersonations during the show. Uh, is that mainly how they hired you for that? Or you just kind of ad lib, lib those? No, no, no. That had a big, yeah, that was a big reason for why they hired me. Yeah. Will Smith and uh, the, the, the producer, Jeff Pollock, who I'd gone to school with, the late Jeff Pollock, he uh, had a reel of mine of doing um, impressions, maybe from whose line? I'm not sure where where they got the they got that notion now. I forget, but they they liked that aspect of the character, and and you know it was kind of designed that one you're talking about. Uh, it was kind of designed around Robin Williams' character in um, Dead Poets Society, right. someone who was inspiring and yet funny and could do voices and. Uh, you know, was that kind of professor, a teacher that everybody would want to have? Who wouldn't want to have a Robin Williams style yeah, Western course, philosophy yeah. teacher? And uh, it's been the most popular thing that I've ever been recognized for. I, I got in fact, I got recognized just this morning at a parking garage. The attendant that took my key said, were you on Fresh Prince? Yeah, that's 1994. So um, it really goes back. You know, people remember that one a lot. Yeah. And then they, they brought you back for another role as Ready? I think you were like uh, Hillary's boss from the TV show, or something. yeah, the producer of the Hillary show. I did yeah. like six or seven episodes as that character, so right. that was nice. Yeah, yeah. The the original one, the first one, when I was the professor, Professor Jeremy Mansfield, uh, I was. That was actually kind of a pilot. I, I could have probably done a spinoff series from right. that uh, with that character, and. Um, it's kind of one of the errors that I've made in my career. A regret I have is that I didn't uh, pursue that. I pursued something else that that, that died the death. Right. But um, at the time, that was a positioning me to be that character, which would have been really great. You know, because back then, like sh shows were spinning off left and right, and that was like one of the shows that really didn't have a spinoff. Yeah, that's true. That they didn't really spin off anything from that show. That would have been that would have been the one. You, you know, you did uh, the British version of Whose Line Is in any way. Now, did like the, the improv there help you do impressions? Absolutely. Um, you know, <clears throat> I got really sort of interested more in developing impressions and kind of putting a library of them together when I was studying improv in New York because you, once, you know, if you have somebody in your improv troupe that can do different voices and different characters, it's very valuable because then you can tackle topics of the day and celebrities and political figures and, you know, uh, with more... I don't know, more fun, basically. So I was encouraged at that point to do impressions. And up to that point, I'd been sort of not shy about it. I, well, I had been painfully shy at one point about it, but just not that, I don't know, I didn't see how it applied to a career or, or career path, you know. I just was like, well, this is just a thing I do. It'd be like playing, you know, riding the unicycle or playing a kazoo or something. Uh, but once it became a valuable thing in a team dynamic, then I began to go, oh, well, wait, this is, you know, I should really see how many voices I do do. And it was actually back then in New York, in my 20s, when I started doing this uh, improv, uh, not improvised, but um, Shakespeare and celebrity voices. Right. When you were younger and kind of testing out these like Im impressions, who were some like of the first people that you started like doing voices of? Oh, well, at the time, yeah, it was kind of slightly different crowd. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Ronald Reagan was Ronald Reagan was a big one for sure. 
And thanks for asking. Also, Burgess Meredith. Burgess Meredith was the Morgan Freeman of his day. Noel, you you can you can't quite appreciate how ubiquitous the sound of Burgess Meredith was in commercials for Honda and other things <clears throat> when he was alive. <clears throat> Excuse me. He sort of. Uh, I get all choked up yes. doing Burgess Meredith. When he was alive, he was that kind of, uh, you'd heard this narrator this, this all over the place, you know. Um, what the hell else? It, it was easier to pull people out of your hat that were obscure 50s, 1940s, 1950s guys. Um, but... Man, I mean, a lot of them I've been doing forever, like Jack Nicholson. At the time, Jack Nicholson didn't sound the way he sounds uh, in his more recent movies. He was still kind of this guy, you know, that, that most people imitate. No, he's a little more laid back and, uh, you know, deeper like this. But at the time, he was this kind of Jack. So I did. I've been doing him since, geez, since I was in junior high school. Yeah. <laughs> the, um... The celebrity podcast that you started, uh, Jim Eskin Celebrity Podcast, where you interview celebrities with your iPhone. I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely love it. It's 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 brilliant. Oh, but uh, yeah, I'm glad you like it. Yeah, it's fun to do. Yeah, one of my, my favorite episode though. I mean, this is out of left field, and that's why it works. Is when you interviewed both Sam Elliott and Christopher Walken about the state of rap music. And, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. They, and Christopher Walken knows all about He's it. He's an expert. Yeah, and then and then your He's mom, an expert. your mom showed up. And then she was talking about Kanye. It was really funny. Oh, I'm glad you like that. Yeah, she was cute in that. She that was. We were down in San Diego, and I was like, "Oh, mom, I got to do a podcast. Will you help me out?" And she was like, "Sure. What do you want me to say? <laughs> <laughs> Just say this, mom." Uh, it was funny because at first she, for some reason, she couldn't pronounce Kanye. Right. She was not that familiar with Kanye. Yeah. So she called him something else a couple of times. Yeah. No, mom, it's it's Kanye. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's the best my mom is so awesome i'm sure you talked to her about her book and oh yeah she's had yeah. such a fun time with the book tour she's a really extraordinary person i've been so fortunate and you know as a kid you never know i mean you're you just take it for granted if you have a your mom is your mom you know you don't really necessarily realize gee my mom is i, I mean imagine some people go gee you know it took me years to realize my mom is a horrible person uh, in my case it took me years to realize my mom is exceptional person, and I uh, really just love her to pieces. Yeah, I, I, I listened to her audio book, and yeah, she she really like talked about how she kind of gave you guys the support of kind of you and your sister doing what she wanted to do. Yeah, she absolutely did. I, I think more me than my sister is, but uh, she definitely supported me as an as an artist you know if i wanted to stay up late and finish a cartoon i was working on and i was you know 13 or 14 years old and it was gonna screw me up for school she's like that's fine yeah. <laughs> she, she understood the priority you know which is very rare it's a it's a very rare thing yeah and, and she also uh, you you had your own chapter in the book and you basically just talked about you know your, your thoughts about your mother and i thought that was really touching as well Oh yeah, it was nice to be to be invited to to do my little chapter in it. Yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, I mean, my wife and I really pressed her to find a ghostwriter to do this project, and and she wasn't she had no big designs on writing a book, but um, we've heard her story so many times. We're like, gosh, you, we gotta share this and we gotta preserve it, and that's why it's such a 
um, I don't know, really valuable. And people love it. You know, they, they really love the book. My Days, Happy and Otherwise. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend anyone. I, I Like I said, I listened to the audio copy. And I would, audio copy is great because, you know, she voices it. She has all her Happy Days uh, guest stars do it. Even her personal assistant is in it as well. And that story was really touching, too. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I need to. I realize I have a copy of it. I've never listened to it. I need to. I need to actually listen to it. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really entertaining. The uh, celebrity podcast you, you you know you do you do so many different voices. Have you gotten any feedback from any of the celebrities you've impersonated? Not one. <laughs> no. And and that's fine with me. I mean, right. it's not for them really. I, I the thing about it, I, I have a kind of a policy that I, I I've tried to hold in place, which is that I don't. Uh, Unlike Rich Little, I yeah. try not to do uh, an impression of a celebrity within earshot of a celebrity, you know, or right. for a celebrity. Uh, I, Rich Little did it very, you know, commandingly. But in my case, I, I feel like, you know, you're always at a little bit of a disadvantage. First of all, if someone says, I'm going to imitate you now, uh, and then they extract your peculiarities or what, your idiosyncrasies in their voice, it, it, it you know, it... Nine times out of ten, it's going to hurt your feelings a little bit. Right. You know, it's a little bit of an of an evaluation of who you are as <laughs> being. So, I, you know, I'm sensitive to that. Also, people don't hear their own voice in the way that we hear their voice. Sure. Um, so, it's I, I think it's a really tough thing to win at. As I said, though, Jim, uh, Rich Little did it so well with Jimmy Stewart. He's up there on stage with Jimmy Stewart and the old roasts um, that are you can see them on YouTube, and it's it's stunning how brilliant it is, and Jimmy Stewart seems to be having just a delightful time. Yeah. But in my case, I try to steer away from it if I can. I made the mistake of I, I got excited one time. I ran into Sam Elliott at a recording studio, and I was like, "Hey, uh, hey, Sam, I uh, just gotta let you know I did your voice recently for a little bit of ADR for for a film." And he said, "Well, you really can't get down there, can you?" And I never thought. He gets this shit all the time. Uh, totally, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt like a complete clown. <laughs> but you had to do it, you know. So. <laughs> it, it rose up out of me, man. I was like, I love this voice. I love this guy. I just want to do it. I couldn't stop myself. Yeah. Cat was out of the bag. Yeah. The, the, the one that cracks me up, too, is your, your George Clooney is, like, spot on. Thank you. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, yeah, he had a little bit of, like you said before, a little bit of mo motorcycle accident yesterday. Well, they're calling it a motorcycle accident, right? And you go, motorcycle accident? He hit a vehicle. And then it's if you read the articles, like, well, it was a scooter. And yeah. you know, he went to work after that. I was like, all right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How, bad, how bad was this accident? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. These, these it's photos, a slow news day. Yeah. These photos will shock you, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, not so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there was another episode that you had where it was like waiting for celebrities to call and you had the IRS call. And I've, I've gotten a ton of those calls. I have a lot of warrants after my arrest. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. yeah we, used to get a, we used to get a call. Uh, for, they would leave a message, you know, saying, this is a call from a debt collector. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the delivery. And you're like, oh, wow, you're really overselling this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, no one, no one's that excited to work for a uh, you know collections agency. <laughs> yeah, debt collector. Yeah. And well, hey, I'm I'm really chuffed, uh, as they say. I'm very proud that you listen to the celebrity podcast. I'm glad you like those videos. I work very hard on them, and I, you know, I'm not they don't get millions of views, but I 
I like them. They're they're silly. Yeah, and it's you know go to go to YouTube, check out Jim Eskimen, subscribe to his channel. It's yeah, they're they're great. It's you know they're they're quick videos and they they all make me chuckle because it's like it's also self-deprecating. You know, like the Ron Howard. You know, he has two seconds for you to listen, and then it's just like celebrities going yeah. back and forth. And <laughs> yeah. you, you, you basically hit everyone's car. <laughs> One episode. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Morgan Freeman's car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of the way I was trained to do comedy. Is uh, I'm not a I'm not a Don Rickles character. I'm you know, the joke is always on me if I can make it that way. And uh, yeah, I think that's I'm much more comfortable with that approach. Yeah, exactly. Now, well, there, thanks for listening to those. I oh, appreciate of course. It. Yeah, absolutely. And I've been spreading the word as well. So. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Did you see? I did a George Washington one recently, just the yeah, last week yeah. for uh, that, that the Independence was, yeah. Day. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I yeah. The line was great. I, I may be dead, but I'm not out of touch. <laughs> <laughs> he knows about the internet. He yeah. knows about TV. Yeah, of yeah. Course. yeah. No, are there any like celebrities that you tried to do they just can't quite nail? Oh, many of them. Most of them, in fact. I you know I I I do the ones I do well, and uh, and then I look for ones that I could possibly reach as they come up. Right. It has a lot to do with what your range is, uh, what your natural timbre is like. Uh, the pitch of your voice and then you know these days it's very interesting because you're, you're coming up now with celebrities and people that have uh interesting regional accents you know we're no longer a, a country that that only has one way of talking right. all kinds of different little idiosyncrasies so i'm always on my listening to to things like that i you know like there's an awful lot of south african people we're hearing now and a lot of australian people and it's 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 great um, so, uh, there are plenty that I haven't <laughs> mastered. Right. I'm still trying to, you know, working on my Jeff Bridges cause I've heard guys do Jeff Bridges really well. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's an ambition of mine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if not, you can always fall back on ball bridges, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now the, the, pre the president's like, obviously, you know, Bush all the way down to Washington. Uh, how um, how did you first come up with? I know Reagan was probably the first one you did, but how um, how did that come about? Well, you know, impressionists have got a long tradition of doing presidents, and so when I was growing up, people were doing Richard Nixon all the time. You know, it was a very ubiquitous thing, and because you know they're controversial figures, and we hear from them a lot, and people have a lot of opinions about them, just like today, people have a lot of opinions about Trump. There's just it's kind of in the air. So it's like a natural thing. It's almost kind of a requirement. If an impressionist doesn't do presidents, you're like, like I get asked all the time, how's your Trump? What's, what are you doing with your Trump? I, you know, I'm just so disinterested in the world of Trump impressions. <laughs> right. And there's so many people that are doing it yeah. full time right. that I feel like, I, you know, I'm a hobbyist. I don't really care that much. So, so my Donald Trump is, you know, sort of a standard uh, sort of thing. I've never been, never been too busy doing Trump, but it's fine. It's fine. I leave it to other people. It's terrific. But, um, I, I, but I'd enjoyed doing George W. Bush because uh, I figured I could have a, a real in there <laughs> because uh, I knew the Texas thing. I knew his voice more or less matched my own uh, uh, tinder. <laughs> Is that the word? Uh, the soundification of it was very uh, similar. So, uh, and I, I actually got some early work doing George W. Bush, and that was, it's always booing and, uh, 
it makes you, your confidence come up when someone pays you to do it. You know, you're right. like, oh, I, I guess I must be good at this. Yeah. Uh, I guess we all agree that that I can sound like him. And uh, you know, I had that early success with the jib jab. Yeah, exactly. 2004, I guess the um, uh, this land. So 2004, maybe 2003, um, and that I did George Bush and John Kerry, and it really started my career, my career working with Jib Jab, and I work with them to this day. They're they're great guys. I love them a lot. Brilliant uh, artists and entrepreneurs, and um, so that that was. And then I used to do. Then after that, I kind of opened the floodgates on George W. Bush, and I did it for the Tonight Show. And, right. A lot, a lot of things. It's, and, you know, audiences still do it. I do it in my live show a little bit. I do bring out George Bush and take questions from the audience <laughs> or uh, sing a song or whatever. People just – he's a beloved character that even though technically he's a war criminal, I think, <laughs> uh, people still feel very, I don't know, nostalgic. Now it's like, oh, the good old days of George W. Oh, Bush when we only had this kind of buffoon. You know, I think right. people are yeah. nostalgic for that period. And you've also done work, you know, with, with presidents in, in video games. You JFK, I think we did Call, Call of Duty. Now, you've yeah, got, the yeah. JFK thing comes up a lot. I do him quite often. In fact, I uh, I did it as you were about to uh, allude to uh, uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, and I've also done it for the uh, the X Men series, uh, the X Men uh, First Class, and uh, also uh, uh, what was that Michael Bay film, The Transformers. Yeah. The third of the Transformers series, I also did JFK. There was a spate of JFK appearances in feature films and blockbusters there for a while. It sort of died down. But I did his brother, RFK, also for an audio book, a beautiful audio book that contains all of his speeches. And rather than, they didn't have them archivally, all of them, or the sound was not that great. So they hired me to do all of RFK's speeches which was a an incredible transcendent sort of experience to read these eloquent beautiful speeches uh you know as much as like rfk without sounding make it sound like a caricature right and uh got a very nice response from it so that's a that's a beautiful book oh that's great now, yeah, I guess you've done a ton of like video games, you know, voiceover work. So when you go in like to the booth that day and you talk to the director or whoever, do they usually have an idea of how you want to sound? Do you kind of suggest things, or is it kind of like a in between? You know, they have some sort of an idea, depend you know, depending on what it is. But uh, really, you tackle it when you get there. It, it's a weird kind of business because it's very theatrical. I mean, it's just acting, right? But the the, the difference is that. You don't have a script per se. You have like a spreadsheet of lines, and some of them are just very similar to one another, but they're slightly different because there's going to be a slightly different path that the character takes. Also, you, you're not allowed generally to have the script ahead of time, so you walk in and there it is. And you know that's why you have to be very facile with this stuff. Uh, and the professionals uh, that I, you know, that I know very well, uh, and that I you know, strive to be, uh, you know, a member of. They they can walk in and deliver a full bodied 360 degree performance just by glancing at at the screen and reading the lines off of the spreadsheet and and it's a very unusual way of acting. Um, so yeah, so you develop like I just recently did something which I can't even mention, but 
when I went in, the director and I, we talked about it. And after a while, we said, let's, let's kick this around. And then we tried a few and we're like, yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy. Good. So, you, you know, you kind of try it on like a suit of clothes. You go, well, not this shirt. Uh, no, you know what? Let's put this vest on. And uh, yeah, good. Hey, uh, just sort of cinch up the waist there because it looked a little baggy. <laughs> it would be like, like trying on a costume. One of your roles, like, you know, actually physical acting was The Grinch Who Stole Christmas. Yeah, you know, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah, they're doing an, uh, an animated version of that. Right, yeah. right. It's Benedict Cumberbatch. Imagine, imagine my my excitement about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once again, replaced. Yeah, by a Brit. You know, <laughs> they're taking all the roles. Yeah. It looks cool, though. Yeah, it does. Yes, I saw the trailer the other day. Yeah, it definitely looks good. Yeah, I, I had a uh, Mindy Sterling on last year, who who was. In, oh yeah, I know yeah, Mindy. Pursues. Yeah, what was that experience like working with Jim Carrey? Oh, terrific. Um, the whole experience was great. I worked with Jim quite a bit. Uh, he was unfortunately not very comfortable that, in that suit. Yeah, and so he good. was cranky, <laughs> I would say, and uncomfortable like anybody would be if they were wearing yak hair all day long and had eye caps and fake teeth in. And ay, ay, ay. It was, it was not. I mean, he earned his money. But um, it was a beautiful experience because it was so artistic. Every square inch of the place, every costume, every face every actor was art directed and designed and by really good people, you know, great costumer, Rita Ryak, uh, the great Rick Baker, uh, was in charge of all the makeup and like, you know, I, am an artist, so I'm a painter and a sculptor myself. So I like, I was really digging on being with these people. We had a, um, a, as I'm sure Mindy told you, we had a soundstage that was at universal set aside for just the makeup procedure. Right. Uh, an entire soundstage of 50 makeup artists and wig people. And, you know, everybody had your own makeup man. And uh, it was fantastic. I sat next to David Costable, uh, who was not a famous actor at the time. And uh, now he's been on Breaking Bad and Billions and yeah. the films Lincoln and a lot of others. And, uh, you know, it was it was swell. If you were bored, there was something wrong with you because you could just look around at the set Michael Kornblith's brilliant set that he designed and sets, I should say. And um, and then you had also just a lot of interesting people. I mean, there were tons of interesting people that worked on the, that Ron chose to be a part of it. Cirque du Soleil people and avant-garde theater people and mimes and magicians and actors and voice people and impressionists and uh and movie stars. So, it, you know, it was nothing to be bored about. It was always fun. I worked on it four months. I wow. can hardly believe it. Yeah. 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 Now, you, you, you worked on a couple other things. I'm, I'm assuming you met him on the set of Happy Days. Yeah, I met him when he was about 18. And uh, he hired me early on after he left Happy Days to be a kind of an assistant grip, you know, a PA uh slash gaffer on on a short on a, on a feature he was doing a 16 millimeter feature he was directing and he didn't uh wind up finishing that i've got to escape the dogs again he didn't wind up finishing that he's because he got hired by roger corman to um to direct a you know full-on feature but um yeah i've had a long friendship with Ron Howard and I see him every now and then and uh, love his family. I knew his dad very well, just recently passed. Yeah. And, um, gosh, his mom and brother. 
And I've been in uh, five of his films. Right. So. Yeah, most famously, uh, Apollo 13. <laughs> yeah, Apollo 13, exactly. Yeah, that was that was a great experience. Everybody that worked on that had a, a really great time. Right. And and you know a film is, is good when you basically know it's a true story, you know what's going to happen, and you're at the edge of your seat. And that's what yeah. the film did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, and and that's a that's a movie that if it's on, I, I have trouble tearing myself away. Not because I'm In, waiting to see right. my forehead acting, yeah. but because I'm uh, literally always, you know, gripped by the story. It's so well told. Yeah, it, it totally is. Now, do you prefer to be like just doing voices? You're like in front of the camera. Well, I'm trying to get in front of the camera more. It's more challenging. It's it's um, yeah. At this point, I've done just about everything you can do in voiceover and uh, i i am interested in more challenges you know and i'm to do a uh, i love live performing as well that's you know in front of people and i i love film and i love tv so i'm trying to trying to do more stuff like that okay and uh lastly one of your i think one of your top five impersonations is robin williams you also did the genie, you know, following him in Aladdin. Um, yes, that's right. I did it the other day too for an ice show, the Disney ice show. Got to rip out my genie. Pretty fun. Yeah, the uh, celebrity podcast. That was an interesting episode when you're calling uh, Robin Williams back from the dead. That was that was a really touching episode. Oh, thanks. I'm glad you like that. Yeah. You know, I uh, I'm a fan. The thing <laughs> I remember, the thing I remember about that. You know, the way I do these things, I I write them, I record them, and then I have to learn them and perform them in one take. That one was the longest one I've ever done. It was like over eight minutes. Oh, yeah. And I and I worked on it and worked on it and worked on it until like one in the morning or something. And I I kept screwing up something or something would be not perfect. You know. Right. Because I like the illusion to be as, as as good as possible. And so I went, all right, gosh, I just got to get up the next day and do it. And I had a plane to catch the next day. I thought, okay, I can just do it in the morning. I'll just jump on the plane. And I typed into my Waze thing, you know, okay, how, how much time is it going to take to get to LAX? And it said 21M. And I'm like, oh, 21 minutes. Miles. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... M for miles. Yeah. So I, I missed that plane, <laughs> but, I, but I finished the recording. All right. So at least that so was good. <laughs> I got, I, yeah, I got through it, but that's what I remember about that. And I, you know, I was kind of, uh, I had a little bit of trepidation cause I didn't want it to be in bad taste right. or, or weird or anything like that. I think I, I think I succeeded. Yeah, we'll I, you definitely did. It was, it was, it was really, you know, tastefully done and it was really touching. So Oh, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Good job. But Jim, thank you so much for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. Go check out his YouTube channel, Jim Meskimen, jimmeskimen.com. We didn't even talk about Impress Me, which also a great show, by the way. Oh, yeah. Please please uh, t watch that on Amazon Prime, Impress Me. It's a terrific show. Let's talk about it another time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Jim, thanks again. And a special thanks to Jim for joining us today. You can follow Jim on Twitter at Jim Ross Meskimen. His YouTube channel is Jim Meskimen. His website, JimMeskimen.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'd appreciate it. I'm at the first in all one nine. Be sure to like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. We can follow the show on SoundCloud, on Podbean. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for another episode of Reliving My Youth real soon.